episode four misconstrued podcast Q intro music wow what a tune i'm musically gifted it looked professional didn't it because that's how songs are they look professional um just to just to start this off i want to know why children find it's in their power in our democratic government to create lemonade stands who woke up one morning, what eight-year-old saw the underperforming lemonade businesses already established and was like, wow, you know what my neighborhood needs? They need my dirty-ass fingers to go squeeze some damn lemons, then go break some sugar cane from out back next to the riverbank and throw it in some water. And what parent was like, damn, son, I could use some lemonade. I wish my, I'll, I'll go put my kids to use and go make some damn lemonade. Why didn't, was there a period of time where there were numerous, there was a generation of entrepreneurial children that were all making a whole bunch of different neighborhood stands and the one that succeeded was lemonade? Was this was the popularization of lemonade stands just on the chance of it being summer when there was a child entrepreneurial boom? What I want to know what the other stands were. I want to see the other stands. It was like it's like a Costco aisle of food samples. Everything's less than a dollar, and everything there's no health or food conduct. There's there's no health or food um, rules. There's violations numerous violations i cannot tell you the last time i saw a child with clean hands there's got to be the child entrepreneurial industry those stands must have been riddled with e coli outbreaks nowadays we see all this mcdonald's hamburgers getting riddled with e coli and you know there's a giant recall or not because that's how the capitalistic industry we work in but they're, they're, the children, I don't think there were giant Twitter news outbreaks when one of the stands had E. coli. I guess it was hearsay, like, hey, Johnny's Donut Shop down the road, um, minus the splinters that came off his shelf and into his donuts. He also had some shit on his hands when he was making the dough this morning. So you might want to come get my lemonade or my nachos instead of getting shit donuts because if i'm a parent let's say it's a lemonade stand like why isn't it a donut stand is little is old betsy like oh i don't know you know how kids always have shit on their fingers i don't want a a fecal funnel cake why can't why does it have to be lemonade i bet kids piss in that fucking lemonade they're like all right we've got this lemonade but when our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man comes by, give him the piss cup. <gasps> the piss cup? Yeah, you heard me. The piss cup. Who? Why? I'm guessing the city doesn't take any ordinances against it. Because they're prevalent so much in the summertime. <sighs> Did kids just always sell things back in the day? And then lemonade stands just prevailed? That's That's honestly beautiful america right there well speaking of 
Lemonade and Childhood Discoveries. We can get to the topic of today's episode. And that's it's musical in nature. Unknown Discoveries. I have it written down the title is intentionally ambiguous and that I should explain why. I can't remember why. This was some late night musings long ago coupled with uh, too many long showers. Uh, Just to start really broad in my soapbox, I'd say childhood is really shaped by discoveries. The constant questions of why and followed by exasperated parents and running around, you're always surprised at what you're going to find. And that's something I think adulthood, adulthood that becomes layered with anxiety. You don't have that infinite awe at the simplest of things. Instead, you have the fear of the simple things that may come and ruin you. Coupled with imposter syndrome, I'd say adulthood's pretty rough compared to uh, old nostalgic lens. It gets harder to hold on to that surprise that you might feel. And just that transition into adulthood, you lose that, you know, the classic loss of innocence. It eats away at that urge to discover, and it replaces it with structure and the lack of change, mostly to quell anxieties that might come, uh, coupled with a fear of survival, which inspires that utilitarianistic, that's not a word, utilitarianistic outlook. You know, if you make your life so structured and formulaic, you don't have a fear of something coming and ruining your shit or forgetting something. People, you'd say people stay in office jobs so long because it grants comfort. That feeling of good enough, like, mom, dad, I made it. I'm making, you know, however much you want to say, basic entries, 46K in America. Or you look at a... Even if you go up to 80000 salary and you're in a shitty-ass office job dealing with fucking Dave at the water cooler asking you about Game of Thrones, for the last time, Dave, I don't watch your shitty fantasies because I don't want to swing your sword or have incestuous relations. Fucking Dave. And you're dealing with him every fucking, every fucking week Game of Thrones comes out. It's like, hey, did you... Did you see the episode of Game of Thrones? No, no, uh, Dave, I don't know if you know about this, but I think I've told you every week that I don't watch Game of Thrones. <gasps> Dude, you don't watch Game of Thrones? What do you even do on weekends? You don't like adventure? You don't, how do you not do, how do you even sit at yourself at night and I'll watch Game of Thrones? It's like those people that all watch The Office and they want you to know that they're quirky and they watch The Office. And when they find out you don't watch The Office, they're utterly disgusted at your perceived lack of comedic interest. They all go, oh, you don't watch The Office? You don't like to laugh? You don't you don't know what comedy is? What do you How do you what do you watch on Netflix? You don't watch Office reruns on Netflix? But did you see the one where they put the stapler in the jello? That was so funny. Uh, if I wow, I don't even want to work there, but if if I did, you know, I'd be the Dwight. <laughs> I'd be the Dwight. I just wouldn't know what's going on. And 
yeah, you'd be the Dwight. Well, I'd be the Jim. I'd totally mess with you. I'd get the Jello, and I'd put, I'd put, I'd put your whole computer in Jello. No, dude, how'd you, how would you put my computer in Jello? Oh, I hate. You know, if if everyone that thinks they're so damn quirky is watching the same thing, I don't think you're that special. And then they reply, no, no, do you see my shirt? <laughs> have you, <laughs> have you, have you visited the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company? No, what the, the fuck are you talking about? <gasps> you don't watch the office? And that's the whole conversation ensues again. Oh, I don't, what was I talking about? Um, Dave Watercooler. No Game of Thrones, shitty office job. Yes. You know, people are watching these episodes of the same television show, the same shit every week because they're scared of change. This was supposed to tie into Discovery. I don't know why I made notes. What I want to talk about is something that's happened twice in my life, and every time it hits me with that same gut ache of... Holy shit, I can't believe that just happened. And what happened the first time, get into my childhood, I don't particularly enjoy rap music, but some of it I'll listen to, and I got introduced to it uh, playing online video games when those... (laughs) When uh, When the trashy... It's not racist. Wow, I'm just... I should cut that out. I'm not going to. But when you get the Mexican kids that come in with their really shitty microphones and they're trying to chat and in the background, their parents are beating each other up. This is not specific to Mexican kids. Uh, I should have prefaced that. It's just the shitty kids you never wanted to play with. There's no racist intent. I withdraw any statement (laughs) mentioning race. But the parents are fighting in the background. They're using this thing called Xbox Connect, which was set up 20 feet across the room. And it had a shitty, like, not even a boom mic. It, it was not targeted. It was it was just an ass. It was complete ass. His parents are fighting in the background. Their little brother is yelling at them the whole time because they want to play Transformers or SpongeBob Saves Bikini Bottom. But then the older brother that you're playing with is playing Call of Duty with you. And all of this shit is going on. But at some point, one of them introduced me to a good rap song that caught my adolescent brain and stuck with me. And it was the first rap song I memorized, and that was that was Switch Lanes by Tyga. Now, I started listening to more rap music, mainly just recommendations. And one of them was Lemonade by who went by an artist who went by Kid Kyle at the time. I listened to the shit out of that. I listened to that. I listened to Lexicon by him. And I only found that stuff that was on YouTube under Kid Kyle. And so I listened to this every every so often I revisit it. And I'd say four, five years go by. End of high school. And I don't know what clicked. But I love this song so much. Every It's not even good song, Lemonade by Kid Kyle. It's not even lyrically intricate, but everything's different. There's still a rhyme scheme, but not, there's no chorus at all, so it really floored me as a kid to memorize it the whole time. 
I just, oh, I don't know why I liked it so much. I still do. It's just some shitty high school kid talking about whatever the fuck. The one thing I hate about rap is that it talks about these unachievable garbage shit, like pussy money weed. And it's like, I know your life isn't all of that. Calm down. Also, I don't want to use a vagina as a bong. That sounds gross. I don't want liquid on my joints. That was, wow. But I'm listening to Lemonade every couple months without fail. I have it downloaded because I don't have enough data on my phone at the time. And I'm listening to it all the time. And what this is, the years go by. And at some point, I make the connection that this artist, Kid Kyle, is the same artist that just goes by Kyle now. And to find that out was one of the single greatest moments of my, not childhood maybe, but just the music listening aspect of my high school years. I I was just awash with this feeling of pride that this little high school kid, I mean, he was, at the time of the videos that he made, he was probably the same age as I was when I was listening to it. And just hearing this kid, I felt like an, I felt like a father just hearing that this kid went from his shitty basic raps like Lemonade and Lexicon. And he's now this superstar that made a song feature with Lil Yachty that made him blow up. Just hearing that filled me with this feeling of such pride that he had accomplished so much in these dark days I didn't know about him. It was like a shitty, not a shitty, but probably a best version you can get of a high school reunion in a sense, but it was like being reunited with my lost child after he decided to become a garbage man because for some fucking reason he wanted to be a garbage man. I let my kids do what they want. They can they can do what they want. But when they come back... And I found out that they are no longer a garbage man, but they're a multi-million dollar platinum hit selling artist that I thoroughly enjoy. That was a big moment for me. I, it's so hard to put it into words. It was like a feeling of not, it was like the feeling of anxiety before a big presentation or something, but it was one instead that was, it was the same feeling with a different connotation. It was flipped on its head inside my stomach. It was prideful. I guess it was just pride. I guess I need to be a father just so I can live off that high for as long as I can of (laughs) sending my kids off and then they come back successful. I feel like that's a lot of parents' goal in life. Just ship them off to boarding school, take another 20K off my salary annually. Maybe they'll come back successful. Parenting's rough. I don't want to do it. Now, the craziest thing in this whole experience is that it happened again, granted on a smaller scale, but it was, I had the same feeling of this anxious pride. I, oh, this one happened in a much shorter timeline, not, uh, not five years like before, but it happened just on a... Not someone who's crazy successful, but someone I still really enjoyed and admired for what he did. And then I found out, we'll get into that later. But it was just some some point that Spotify recommendations actually did well. 
usually they're shitty that I don't want to hear. <laughs> Just your run-of-the-mill garage band indie trash. But this time it was Saint-like by Jakey. And it was one I never really got into the meaning of the lyrics of. It was not one I really connected with emotionally, per se. Not one I ever listened to when I was feeling down, but one I was proud of remembering. Proud of memorizing. It it was such a good beat, and it had, you know, it had a couple references into it that I got. And it was something I really enjoyed. And But I couldn't get into his other stuff. It was one of those internal one-hit wonders, like one-hit wonders that were just to me, not not worldwide. And not the case of one-hit wonders being one crazy popular, but the sense that only one of them was one I enjoyed and the rest were, you know, sad rip-offs. And this time I was listening to it. Um, it was pretty regularly. I put it into my my 10-song rap playlist that consists of Lil Dicky, Tyler the Creator, and uh, that one Kanye song where it goes scoopity poop poop. Genius. Yeezy 2020. But I put Saint Like in there too, so it's still on my regular rotation. And later, I watch a lot of YouTube. Too much. It's probably my main form of media consumption. I don't. I think in today's day and age, I'd say that's fine. You know, I've been ridiculed before. It was actually really recently and only one time. So don't act like this is a reoccurring thing. But commentating on how much YouTube is consumed compared to what older people might think. Not traditional, but good media like Lord of the Rings or something like that. Not even traditional news sources. That's the one thing, a good thing about the day and age of the internet is that news is so diversified not just for political biases but just having diversity even with an influx of quote-unquote fake news i honestly i still appreciate the diversity because it adds it adds so much you can say this to commentary on the world but i'm just talking about internet news even if a lot of it is disinformation i think it still adds some entertainment value to our lives that even if Florida man did not actually rape a child-sized bunny, we can still appreciate the fact that someone thought that up. And it by believing it's real, there's, the, there's a lack of a need to suppress disbelief. You think it's real. There's... It's honestly the best form of entertainment because you're taking what is fantastical and believing it for real, which you have to try to do with fantasy movies, but this time there's no challenge to. So, in a sense, I should not burp into the microphone. (laughs) Oh, I had cereal. I love cereal. But there's no need to try to make an effort to suppress your disbelief like you have to do with all those damn superhero movies it's just you think it's real life and i think any our reality is so sheltered compared to you know what if you look at insane asylums like their realities are so much different than ours and we think ours is so plain black and white like oh just have to get this money and then i'll be happy 
Like the people in the insane asylum are trying to stop their favorite T-Rex from destroying their tea set, all the while they're suspended in midair over Hong Kong. That sounds like such a more fun way of life than just trying to get a shitty office job and progressing up the fucking corporate ladder to try and make a name for yourself in an industry you don't care about. What are any of us doing if you're not pursuing what you're passionate about? And what I'm passionate about is listening to music on long drives on the road. So I'm listening to Saint Like by Jakey. And at the same time, I'm I'm branching out in my YouTube consumption to newer channels. And the epitome of blonde moments ensues and I, there's this YouTuber named Nakey Jakey. Now, don't make any connections yet because I didn't eh, for a good month. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'm watching him. He plays, uh, he's not a video gaming YouTuber, but he did a collaboration with another person. And they do a playthrough of a game called Dark Souls. I love the commentary on it. The nonsensical, random garbage that comes out is like the shit that comes out of my mouth after 8 p.m. on a weekday. Nothing I'm proud of or can replicate, but it's just not even the factor of randomness, but the sheer... Not not all of it is the is the epitome of creativity either. It's this combination of random threads coupled with a strange creative pocket that's not exactly PC. And I don't say that to euthanize. Not euthanize. What's where you downplay something? Euphemism. Not a euphemism for, an, uh, you know, some shitty racist crap, but more so it's not what you'll find. <laughs> Not out of BuzzFeed, not out of really anything, but rather you know, just random thoughts that they continue, like Dobby from Harry Potter having, I don't remember what it was, Ugh, I think it involved a foreskin at some point, sexual Harry Potter, Levios, I'll show you my real wand, Harry, shit like that, but it was more creative than that, don't give me credit for that. It was, I just loved it. And so I go to his channel and he does these video commentaries about certain topics um, pertaining to video games. He doesn't do Let's Plays though. And he did, he does improv music every now and then. And I'm like, damn, that sounds fucking familiar. And so I finally, I'm like, you know what that sounds familiar? That sounds like Saint-like. So I finally Google Saint-like by Jakey to see if there's a music video and it's Fucking him. I... And... Gosh. That same prideful moment of being so happy for him hit me, just like it did with finding out Kyle had a continuous music career. This... This discovery of a journey of progression, of creativity, that just fucking hit me so hard. I never cried, but it was emotional. It was like seeing your child finally skate across the whole ice rink after months of falling down and holding on to buckets. 
and it was it was a YouTuber that had just hit a million subs, and he had such good production on his music. It was so great that I never even thought. I think that's why I never made that connection between the YouTuber and the artist. Is that I thought, you know, this guy only has he. I mean, he barely just hit a million subs. He wouldn't be this. I never thought that this song with such good production in it would be some homegrown, home grassroots YouTuber. And it totally was. And I was just fucking blown away. And the thing about Jakey and not Kyle is that people like him blow me away with how crazy talented they are. The people that don't restrict themselves to one box, similar to Donald Glover doing fucking everything. You know, you see this guy doing music and uh, his YouTube channel isn't even about music. And he does these collaborations with other people. And just this jack-of-all-trades factor where it's not jack-of-all-trades, not a master of one, but he's a master of multiple things. And that's something that's not preached in uh, in daily society, and that's that's so good. And another thing about, you know, I said I'm not too big of a fan of rap, uh, mainly mainstream rap, just the topic matter is not not fun i don't know why people just want to listen to songs about partying a shit ton with uh, some shitty a track beat that doesn't go anywhere who wants to listen to that i don't i don't understand i guess it comes from that short-term gratification life style that's being preached in modern society coupled with consumerism that's where the rap music pairs with is that it's all about partying like edm edm music doesn't even have a theme to it but it's characteristic of clubs and so many people that listen to that mainstream kind of rap not edm but mainstream rap about money and whatever garbage it's all those people that are like oh yeah i'm just trying to make a big dude just people that aren't gonna put in the work for something they think they're gonna get or people that are just living to the next night i can't i can't relate to that at all so one thing about both kyle and jakey's music is they put a lot of their personal struggle in their tracks and it's something that's really relatable to someone my age and it's not you know there is other rap where it talks a lot about the african-american struggle and you know their struggles with police enforcement and things like that but this was more personal not to say that it's not a personal struggle with police, but this was, it's definitely internal. And I think the the confidence to of admittance of personal struggle is huge. And I think that's what really drew me into enjoying their both their music so much. Kyle has a song, you know, it's not something big, but it's about jealousy in a relationship. And it's really uh, characteristic of social media today. And then he has another song called Zoom, and it's about going through his early 20s and the the difficulty in it that's not preached in, say, college, where you get a degree, you're happy, you're good, but really there's this whole, there's this whole mess that isn't really illustrated to anyone. And it's the duties of, I'd say, the late 20-year-olds to really preach that and how difficult it can be and how much the baby boomers downplay it. And then you look over at Jakey's music, and it's so raw. It's so deeply personal to him that it just gives that this guttural human connection. It's visceral. It's 
wow, it's if you sit at 11 p.m. and you listen to just headphones in a dark room and really fucking listening to it, it's insane how much he put into it. He also puts descriptions on all the YouTube videos of the songs about lyric meaning and how he came up with the song and everything. It's, oh, wow. It's huge. Like, you wouldn't think a song about a YouTuber finally getting 25,000 subscribers could encapsulate so much of every human struggle. It's really impressive of how much he can pack into it it's outstanding i think music can do a lot for one's person's psyche even if you're not creatively inclined to create it create 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 create. (laughs) how many times can i say create and creative even if you're not inclined to produce it i think there's so much in how much our humanity is shaped by the spark of creativity we all have and i think it's It's a disservice to not just yourself, but anyone who could benefit from that creative spark that lies within each one of us. Like, I, the only thing I want to do with my life is somehow work with that creative spark, not individually per se. I mean, that's an option, but be able to work in an industry that's revolved, that's centered around that creative spark that everyone has, whether that be music or movies, entertainment in general. Uh, the, I think working in some corporate world, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like the shitty fucking hipster that's bashing on office jobs, but there's, there's no creativity in that. Sure. You can say, you can say there's an individuality in your contributions to your department. Yeah. We can get in the nitty gritty of what code you've produced to help the transcontinental shipping on the steel industry and how much you've innovated that but the only people benefiting from that is your self-confidence and more people making money from the steel industry what kind of legacy are you creating that's going to be remembered in in something that truly matters to the individual sure we love steel we love seeing these big skyscrapers or you know, the manufacturing of airplanes or something, but people don't remember their airplane trip down the road, wherever the fuck airplanes work. Good Lord. What time is it? People don't remember their, the airplanes. They remember what they've experienced. And I think that's the real big part of life is really experiencing everything you can. You know, you could say that's the secret to happiness. But it's that human connection, those human emotions, what makes us individuals is what we latch on to. And I think that's a huge part of anything uh, entertainment-wise or just in your life in general. (sighs) How do you end it? How do you end something? Um, I'll end it with some philosophy. Um, Life is a playground and you've just got to find the right slide for you so let's say it's a giant fucking industrial complex of monkey bars and swing sets and those weird platforms that's been in a circle that no one told me the name of nor did i have the pleasure of using 
damn city kids and their cool playgrounds. But this playground that is life is just a shit ton of fucking slides. And each one has a different number of swirls. Some are covered, some are open, some are just like weird ass handrails that you kind of try to stay on and slide down. And you've got to find the one that doesn't give you rug burn because, oh, you're wearing like short shorts. There's no, there's no protection. So it's how much burn you're willing to put up with, how much your gooch can withstand of the hot plastic because it's summer too. But there's plastic ones, there's metal ones, and you've got to find the one that everyone remembers that you went down. It's got to be the one that you put your individual spark in. I'd say some people can share the same slide, but they don't go down it the same way. And, you know, you're leaving your own snail trail down it, and that weird gooch sweat musk, that's only coming from you, and you got to find the slide that holds your musk the most. And with that, I'll let you keep living, keep living life, and I'll hope I see you again.